0: Hello, hello, hello again. It is us, DC Sports Plus. In the house, baby. Yeah, episode eight. Coming to you the first day of June, about 7.46 p.m. Getting ready for game one of the uh, NBA Finals. But let's be realistic. We ain't here to talk about
1: that. Nah, 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 nah. nah. Because this is DC Sports Plus. Yeah, but we don't have the Wizards in the NBA Finals. Yeah,
0: I don't think I'll ever see the Wizards in the NBA Finals. Probably not. Probably not. But before we get on to what we do, I do want to say something. Mm-hmm. With the Wizards, I do like that two things. One, they hired my man, Winger. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody that, that has some, some experience. Even though we don't know with their hierarchy where he was in, with the Clippers, he had Frank above him. Yep. Uh, so I don't know how much was him doing the trades or whatever like that but I do like the fact that he's going to be running everything and he's going to have a general manager underneath of him. Yeah,
1: yep, he's going to bring in a GM.
0: So yep. he's going to bring in somebody with his vision mm-hmm. so they can go ahead and get the, get the ball rolling. So I'm going to, you know what, before we talk Washington, which you know we're going to talk commanders, this is main thing we do, but I want to get your take. We haven't talked about this yet. Yeah. And, and I, I wanted to do that on purpose, mm-hmm. to get a raw, yeah.
1: just, just right-off-the-cuff response. Well, I mean, my knee-jerk reaction was, okay, maybe they're starting to get it correct. And what I mean by starting to get it correct is is that your most successful teams in all of pro sports have successful front offices. Yeah, definitely. For the most part, you're only as successful as your front office. And it all starts with the front office. Yeah. And bringing in a guy that's well-credentialed. Yeah it's going to come in and bring in, hopefully, a well-credentialed general manager, which I suspect he will, Yeah. that is going to lay the foundation to hopefully have a culture over the next couple of years that can be playoff contender yeah. for the Wizards, because it's been way too long. And, you know, this city is, you know, basketball is big in the DMV. It is. It's huge. It's, it's huge. Basketball is big in the DMV. A lot of tradition here. From Georgetown to the Maryland Terps, UVA, you go on and on. Basketball is big in this area of the country. And for our pro team to be so insignificant over so many years is a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, don't want to get on a tangent on this. Bottom line is to keep it short and sweet, um, I like the guy, the gentleman mm-hmm. we brought in. I think he's structured well. He he has a good idea of how front office should be run. He brings in a good GM. The GM makes the decisions. And hopefully we can become a contender again in the
0: next few years. I agree. And uh, hit on one thing with that. I did also read a little story that said we had offered was it Bob Myers?
1: Yeah, Bob Myers.
0: We had offered him a deal for fifteen million dollars a year mm-hmm. that he turned down. I'm fine with that. Yeah. At least, at least Leonsis is trying to put the money out there and saying, yep. "Hey, you're gonna have to pay to get somebody good." Yep. So that was a swing and miss. They go and get this this other guy, uh, winger. So, that's something good. Now, here I'm going to ask you a question. Mm. I read an interesting article, and it said that we had three options as of this point mm-hmm. for him and the general manager to come in and and get the team going forward. First option, obviously, is basically just re-sign your guys. Okay? You already have Bradley Beal. You re-sign Porzingis. You re-sign Kuzma. Yep. There's your big three, and you go forward. Mm-hmm. Number two, you... Keep some of them. Uh, Either you keep Porzingis, let Kuzma go in like a sign-and-trade, vice versa. Do something to that effect where you keep maybe two of them but not the third. And then there's the third option, which they mentioned was just blow it all up. Just trade off Beal. Do sign-and-trades with Porzingis. Do sign-and-trades with Kuzma get this draft capital in, get young guys in here, and kind of blow it up and start from scratch. So I know we hadn't talked
1: about this. That's why I wanted to hit you with this. What Of those three options, what do you do? Well, for me, well, first off, let me just say this right now. Um, I respect Bradley Beal. I respect his skill, his skill set. But the bottom line is that referring to just Bradley Beal right now, he does not elevate the team. Right. So my first thing, right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm doing everything I can to trade him and get him out of this organization, have him go to a contending team and be a shooting guard for a good team and pick up some draft capital. Yeah. To take, and now to get into Porzingis and Kuzma, I like both of them very much. I do, and and their numbers—they have some really good statistics. I mean, Porzingis averaged twenty-three and a half points a game this year. Yeah, they both had career years. this Yeah, they year. had career years. They had career years, and on the surface, you think, well, you got to resign them. But I am a firm believer when it is stunk this bad <laughs> for this long. I, you know, not to be over dramatic here, not to embellish this, but I want a complete break, and so. Thinking about it from the big picture, thinking about it for the future, if I am running the Washington Wizards, I am completely tearing it down. I'm trading Bradley Beal. I'm working out some kind of sign and trade or uh, uh, sign and trade to get Porzingis and Kuz- uh, Kuzma out of here. And after the years they had, you should be uh, you should be able to get some draft capital. I'm completely blowing it up. Whoever the GM that we hire to come in, I am looking at completely revamping this roster. And I know it seems kind of extreme. And some people are going to argue, well, why would you want to get rid of Porzingis, man? He's, he's, he's in the prime of his career. He's a mismatch guy. Why do, you want to get rid of, uh, why do you want to get rid of Kuzma, man? Kuzma's a great guy. He's got some length. He can do a lot. To me, okay, that's great. But we have been so bad for so long, I want to make gargantuan ch- tra- changes. Yeah. You know, when you're severely overweight, and you need to lose weight you don't just do minor things (laughs) and i'm speaking generally i'm not speaking towards anyone individually (laughs) i'm making a general statement if you are someone that needs to lose a lot of weight you're not going to go to mcdonald's two days out of the week instead of six you have to stop going to mcdonald's right so the point i'm trying to make is that when you've been as bad as you've been and the wizards you need to make some serious changes i want to blow the whole thing up there i said i'm done you took, my,
0: you took my stuff, man. Did I take your stuff, You man? took my stuff, oh, man. man.
1: I, I thought you were going to at least keep one of
0: them. But I, I've been thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was okay. thinking about Porzingis yep. at first, kind of building around him. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> like we've talked about numerous times, one of the reasons that the Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders can never get over a hump is because we've never been bad enough. We've never blown it up. Yep. To try to rebuild. Mm -hmm. Dan Snyder, the the rebuild was not in his vocabulary.
1: He didn't believe in
0: it. He didn't believe in it. So we've been saying that that's what you have to do to get better. You have to blow it up, and you have to start from day one. You have a new president. You're going to have a new general manager. Quite possibly could have a new head coach. uh, If not this year, the next year. I, I agree completely. Blow it up get draft capital for all of these guys, yep. go into this year with four first-round picks, yep. you know, with Beal gone, Porzingis gone, Kuzma gone, you can't tell me you can't get three ones to go with your number eight. Oh, yeah. And one of them, you know, knock on wood, maybe could be higher than eight. Yeah. Depending on who it is and, and how bad they want them. Yeah. You know, go into this, this draft with four number ones mm-hmm. and go ahead and come with a young core, build a team, from those four young ones, I love Gafford. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish he was playing more minutes. I think they're doing a disservice to him mm-hmm. by not having him as, you know, a 35- to 40-minute guy every night. Mm-hmm. I would work on his free throw shooting, though. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. but I think you can build with him as center, as a piece, uh, and then go ahead and, and add these draft picks, this capital that you get from these guys. And really have an explosive young core uh, to go ahead. And if nothing else, give fans hope. Yeah. This, this, the way Leonsis was, he was doing the Dan Snyder. He was doing the let's just make to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, not, not to worry about winning a championship. He just wanted to make the playoffs. Let's just not be embarrassed. Let's not be embarrassed. Let's yeah. get close to five hundred. And this play-in game is just crap to me. Yeah,
1: that's, I mean,
0: uh, I'm not necessarily one of those old school type of guys with this, that, and the other, but a play-in game. Yeah. I mean, they have eight spots for a reason. Yep. Why do you have to have eight and nine play? Right. Or nine and ten, and they I mean, it's just stupid.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But yeah, I think I, I think you're exactly right. You blow it up, you go ahead and, and use your GM and, and your skills as, as the president, and you bring in these young guys, get some talent from these other teams that may be kind of log jammed, mm-hmm. that the guys aren't getting the, the minutes that they need, and there's somebody that can that can break out for a young team and just go ahead and scratch it and give the fans some excitement and run an up tempo in your face. We're going to get after you game after game. Yeah, we're going to lose it first while we grow. Yep. But you can actually have some hope that, wow, these kids sort of like the Nationals right now. Yep. You know, you have, yep. you have a young core. Get this young core together. Give, give them some run and let's see what happens.
1: See what can go down. I, I agree 100%. I think that you need to tear this thing down and start from the scratch. And you've got some assets that you can trade off and try to build this team back up. In the, in the image of whoever the new GM is going to be and try to become a contender in the Eastern Conference, bottom line.
0: Yeah, because that's all it is at the end of the day. It's Eastern Conference trying to be a contender. I mean, the eight seed was the Heat, and, and they're, you know, they knocked off the Celtics, and now they're going, getting ready to go up against the Nuggets to try to win the title. And
1: let's be honest about that. This is an outlier. Yes, yeah. this, this is not something, I mean, for all you Wizards fans out there that are like, man, look at the Miami Heat. Maybe we could do that. Uh-uh. The bottom line is that the Miami Heat are an unbelievable organization that has developed undrafted players and has one of the best stars that no one talks about is Jimmy Butler. Yep. They're well coached, they have a great front office, and they went on a run. But don't get mistaken, they had to win a play in game to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So the moral of the story is, is that don't think that because the Miami Heat are in the NBA Finals, that this is going to be something that's going to be a trend now. Right. There's a, If you go back in history, every when you look in the NBA Finals, 99% of the time, it's somebody that's a top two seed. Yeah. So this is an outlier. Let's enjoy it while it goes on, but it's not the norm, and it's not going to ever be the norm. Exactly. And so you you need the talent. You need yeah. to build with
0: the focus on winning a championship, yeah. not just playing in the playing game. Thank you.
1: Okay. I agree.
0: All right, so that's that's something new for us. That's a
1: little something new. I again.
0: mean, we we started off, I wanted to, you know, I wasn't going to start with the Wizards, but since, you know, we talked about the basketball was on, yeah. I figured we might as well jump on it. Yeah. All right, so now we can get into the conversation we were just having. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And, and, and that's the Washington Commanders. Yep. And they're... Uh, off season so far, yeah. uh, with the uh, mini camp right now, they don't mm-hmm. have or the OTAs mm-hmm. uh, don't have Montez Sweat. Nope. Don't have Chase
1: Young. No. Nope. Don't have Charles. Don't Leonard. have Charles Leonard.
0: Yep. Um, so so what
1: what do you think? Okay, what? that's what I was about to say. So I wanna <laughs> I wanna give my everybody seems to have an opinion on this. The junkies have an opinion on it. Grant Danny have an opinion on it. Uh, J P Finley. Uh, everybody has an opinion on this. Again, what we say here is just our opinions. We don't have anything negative or personally bad to to want to say towards any player. This is just our opinions on the way things have gone down. My feeling on this, and this is just just my opinion. You know, the Charles Leno not being there doesn't bother as much, even though we I feel like his 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 game has dropped some. He's a veteran that never misses a game. Um, he's there. Maybe he should. Maybe he should, right. <laughs> but 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 his level of play is what it is. It doesn't bother me as much that he's not there because he's a veteran left tackle that hasn't missed any time. Um Montez Sweat, it slightly irritates me, but again, here's a guy that basically his only missed time his uh, two years ago when he had the broken jaw. Yeah. I think he missed five games. Right. This is a guy that had eight sacks last year. He, he had 15 t- uh, tackle for losses. He hit the quarterback. He's not elite. He's solid. He's a good player. I would like for him to be there, but it doesn't really rub me the wrong way that he's not there, although it would be nice if he's there. But let me now get <laughs> to the third gentleman <laughs> that is not there. And Mr. Chase Young, my feeling on this is that I understand that it's voluntary. I understand that this does not mean that you're not going to do well. But when you consider the history of this young man over the last three seasons, whether it has to to do with injuries, whether it has to do with underperforming in his second year, whether it has to do with him making comments um, that kind of rub people the wrong way about making money when his teammates were at OTAs. I got to get my money, man. I got to get my money. Now, again, I'm not judging this young man. I'm not saying this is a bad guy. I don't know him. I'm just a fan. So I'm not going to sit here and dog him out. I'm just going to simply say that when you are the number two overall pick and you are considered a transcendent talent and you become rookie of the year and then you come back the following year and have one and a half sacks in nine games before you get hurt. And I understand that, there are other things, there are other factors involved, and there are other things that, that defensive ends can, can, can contribute to. But let's be honest about this. When you are an elite edge rusher coming out of college and you're the number two raw pick, you are being brought in to be a disruptor and to sack the quarterback. Yes. Um, when Khalil Mack and, and Miles Garrett and the Bosa brothers came out, were they were they getting seven and eight sack seasons of everyone's talking about how they were still getting almost to the quarterback? No. These are guys that were consistently having double digit sacks. Yep. And with all due respect to Chase Young, we need to he that's what he needs to get up to. And the whole thing about the fifth year option thing, I'm not gonna get into that. I'm glad they didn't get him to the fifth year option. How he feels about it is his business. I'm not gonna try to get into the psyche of Chase Young. I don't know the young man. That's not what I'm here to do. All I'm here to do is take it for face value. Right. The bottom line is that if I were if I was somebody that or I'm not even gonna say me, I'm just gonna say if you're the number two overall pick and you have all these expectations, okay, and you come into the league and you underperform as much as he has and then you get hurt. And then you come back significantly later than what was projected for him to come back. And then in those last couple of games of the season, you don't get it you don't really don't really see anything from him. Mm-hmm. I would want to make it a point that I'd be at OTAs. Yeah. So, again. No, that's valid. That's, I think valid. that's valid. It's very valid. So, my last thing before I kick it over to my cousin is, again, I'm not going to dog the young man out. I'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad guy. He could be a great guy. He could be a, a very respectful young man. But actions speak louder than words. And this is a production business. Yeah. This is a what-have-you-done-for-me business. And the bottom line is, whether you love Chase Young or you don't love Chase Young, whether Chase Young is a saint or not a saint, that's not what this is about. This is about making plays in production. And whether he's been hurt or not hurt, the bottom line is is that in three seasons he's had nine sacks. So I'm going to leave it there. It is what it is. It does annoy me and many people that he's not at the OTAs. And you Mm -hmm. know what? I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he goes out and crushes it. And makes people like me eat my words and say, well, I guess he didn't need to be in OTAs. But that remains to be seen. I digress. I'm done. <laughs> I take it over to you, my brother.
0: Okay, okay. I'm going to take the baton, and here I go. I'm going I'm to reverse it. Okay. I'm going to start off with Chase Young. Let's reverse it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Chase Young, obviously, we've already talked about this, and, and we might even mention it on here. Yep. He should be there.
1: Yeah.
0: Here is, is what I told you the other day. Yep.
1: We had a conversation about We that.
0: had a conversation about this the other day. If If I me, not Chase Young, if me am a talented um, transcendent player <clears throat> year one playing in the playoffs going up against Donovan Smith and Donovan Smith stonewalls me the whole game and if, you, if you're a fan, go back and watch the game look up the highlights yep. I'm not lying, stonewall looked like Chase Young wasn't even on the damn field most of the time Everybody asks, where's Chase Young? Chase Young was there. It's just Donovan Smith dominated him. Okay? If that's me, and then after the season, I'm hiring one of the best pass rush specialists that I can, as far as teaching-wise, to teach me how to be a better pass rusher, to how to get off of these these guys, you know? How to do better than what I did. But, But Chase Young doesn't do that. You know what Chase Young does? Chase Young does commercials. And he says, I'm going to get my money. You can't, you can't hate on me for getting my money. I, I, you getting your money. I'm going to get mine. Right. Doesn't go to the OTAs that year. Comes out. Him and, and uh, Sweat are talking about breaking the sack record. <laughs> right? Where Breaking, the, breaking the, the, the sack record between two players. Yep. How many sacks they were going to get. Yep. And before Chase gets hurt, he had, like you said, a sack and a half in nine games. Okay, so instead of like you talked about working on your craft, trying to be better, trying to be that transcendent talent to say, hey, this will not happen to me again. He was worried about getting his money. Okay, that's fine. He is what he is in my estimation. He will be good. He will never be great because he doesn't want to work on his craft. And we've talked about this, yep. having conversations just on our own, yep. and that, and that's fine. Yep. Didn't pick up the fifth-year option, thank God. Yep. Think that's a beautiful thing, that one of the few things that Ron Rivera has done right. Yep. <clears throat> so he can go ahead and have whatever year he wants this year, and then next year he can go to whatever team and be a hired gun, and maybe somebody else can pull that out of him. Yep. So he should be there, but by no way, shape, or form shouldn't, shouldn't be there. Okay. It's just ridiculous to me. Number two, working backwards. Sweat.
1: Okay.
0: Is never at OTAs. No. Never at OTAs. Sweat is what he is. Again, he's somebody that is good but will not be great. He does not work enough on the extras, the maybe the spin moves. Like me, I would hire Dwight Freeney. That's, that's the guy. Dwight Freeney, you show me how you get those spin moves yep. and show me how to get to the quarterback. I would hire him as my personal teacher and fly him with me as much as he would come with me mm-hmm. to teach me to, to be that type of player. Yep. Now, Montez Sweat, when he's on the field, when all the guys are on the field, they give all, their all. Yep. He's not at OTAs. Me, I think he should be there because he is not coming off of a Pro Bowl he is not coming off all pro. He is playing for a contract. And how many years of double-digit sacks has he had? Uh, zero. 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 In four years. In four years. Has not had double-digit sacks once. Nope. As the first-round pick. Yeah. And he fell to 26. He fell to 26. It's, not like, it's not like he was like, oh, we, we jumped up into the late 20s to grab him. It, it, he was there because he fell. He was a top 15 prospect. He was a top 15 prospect. Most people had us taking him at 17. Yep. But we took Dwayne Haskins. May rest in peace. Yeah. So I'm not going to go too much more into that. He definitely should be there. I hope he has a good year and that we can do a trade and sign uh, sign a trade with him or a franchise tag. Yeah, tag and trade. Tag and trade. Uh, Still on basketball. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, tag and trade with him because I've mentioned this before. If you look at the stats between him and James Smith-Williams, if you prorate James Smith-Williams the same amount of snaps that Montez Sweat got, their numbers are almost identical. Mm. So analytics-wise, James Smith-Williams is Montez Sweat on a cheaper contract. Yeah. So he can take over that spot, and I don't think the defense misses a beat. Okay? Leno. Again. We've talked about this. It should have been upgraded. Yeah. I, I – I, with, with installing a new offense, he should be in there. Yeah. This is a new offensive coordinator, new verbiage, new plays, new everything. You are the starting left tackle for your team. You want as much of a head start on that as you can get.
1: That's a valid point. Um,
0: so that's my point. He should be in there simply because of that. We wanted to upgrade left tackle. We've talked about that throughout the offseason. Yeah. We didn't do it. Um, and by listening to the things and, and, and reading up stuff, doesn't seem like we were going to try to get Broderick Jones anyway. No. We were in on a corner. A corner. Uh, so, Charles Leno should be there simply because it's a whole new installation. And he is going to be starting in the mandatory portion in June, that little bit of time he has, and then he's going to come right into training camp, and he's going to have to be out there learning on the go. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that puts him behind the eight ball, which
1: in turn puts our offense behind the eight ball. That's, those are very good points, and that is a concern. And, um, again, if I had it my way, I would have preferred that all of them be there. But the, the one that really bothers me, obviously we talked about it as young. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out and how these young men perform this year. Yeah. Uh, because whether you like it or not, these are premium positions. Edge rusher is probably the most coveted position on the defense. Yeah. And next to quarterback, what position is any bigger than left tackle? Nothing. Nobody. You've got to protect
0: the quarterback. Yeah, these that's, these that's are – That's why the, they get
1: paid. Yeah, these are prime-time positions, and these are the players at those positions. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds and how this season goes with those players at those key positions. Yeah, definitely. Yep. All right, now
0: moving on to a conversation we were having when I said let's go ahead and do a pod. Yep, yep. The word out of you know the the little OTAs mm-hmm. is that they're trying Forbes in the slot. Yes. So we were talking about this, uh-huh. and it just seems like to me and you as well. And I'm going to let you. I'm going to get your take first, as always. Yep. It just seems like to me if you draft a kid 16 overall. You should, he, we thought for sure he was, he was your number two. He was going to be lined up
1: No worse on, on than the two. outside. No worse unless than two. Injury, unless he gets injured, no worse than two.
0: Right. So he's going to be lined up over there uh, from day one. And now they're saying they're, they're tinkering with moving him into the slot, which he didn't play in college. Right. He, and he exclusively lined up on the right side. Yeah. I remember reading that. Yeah. He exclusively lined up on the right side. So he doesn't travel with your best player. That's fine, and that's fine. A lot of a lot of corners do that, right? Where they have a specific side a st- that they're comfortable, that they're
1: comfortable on. on. They stick, and that that's side.
0: where they stick to. Yep. And they they're going to play either zone from that, and they're going to play man, and they're going to follow the guy around. But they start off on the right side, right? So you're taking a kid who is already jumping from the SEC, which is basically like the minor league, you know, football, right, to the NFL, learning enough now. You're going to throw him into. We want you to play in the slot, too, which is a whole different di- type of dynamic than playing on the outside because mm-hmm. there's more room that you have to work against, things like that. Usually the guy's in the slot's a little shiftier, a mm-hmm. little faster, which kind of plays into him. He's a four-three type of guy yeah, four, for speed. Yeah. But why don't you go ahead and take your take on what we were talking about, about the, yeah. the lining
1: up of him. You, you go first. Yeah, let me, let me just say, and, and, and I'm going to also kind of go off into the second-round pick as well, but let me first – yeah, the Forbes thing – does kind of rub me the wrong way I feel like you know it is what it is you know I a lot of us thought that maybe four tackles would be gone so we were going to go corner that's what happened the news out of Ashburn was that nobody was trying to call up to get up to that 16 spot so again have no problem with the pick but when you draft a corner 16 overall you are bringing him in to be an outside corner you're not, you're not trying to test this guy to be a slot guy. You're not right. trying to project him. You're not trying to move. This guy played exclusively, like my cousin said, on the right side. He was not playing in a slot. So why shake something up when it doesn't need to be shaken up? And again, this is the kind of thing that if you go back over the last four offseasons that Ron Rivera will do that annoys you. And there are a number of things that you can point out. The fact—and I'm just going just, just to sporadically throw some stuff out there. You know, giving up a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen and then him not being on the team after one season. Yeah. That sort of annoyed me. Like, why are you giving up a fifth-round pick for a quarterback you like, even if he's just a backup, if you're only going to keep him for one season? Yep. Okay? You know, you bring in—you know, you go out there and you, you, you neglect the offensive line. I read something today where in four off-seasons, in four drafts, Ron Rivera has used one draft pick in the top 60— on an offensive line, yeah. stuff like that. So, again, let me get back to the point at hand. Again, I just threw out some other stuff. But, again, this is another example of how this is annoying and it bothers me. And, again, I am just a fan. I'm not in there. I'm not a professional. But common sense would tell me that when you draft a guy that is exclusively played on the right side of the field and as an outside corner, when you need an outside corner, yeah. and you draft him 16th, then, then that's what he is. You don't need to be sitting up here trying to be cute, yeah. kicking him inside, saying, hey, I wonder if he can play in the slot. <laughs> well, and then that, that's going to segue into the second-round pick. Yeah. Quan Martin, the pick that a lot of people were very upset about, that I was, for the record, upset about, and then kind of got a little bit softer on as I read more stuff on. But again, this is a guy that is that position flex that, that mm. the Ron and his staff like to use, which is so annoying yeah. because I've always been a proponent of if you play two positions, you don't play one. Thank you. If you <laughs> play two, you don't play one. Meaning, Quan Martin could play some safety. He could play some nickel corner. But if you don't know where he's going to excel at, where do you put him? Now, this is a guy that we took in the second round. If you want to take a position flex guy in the fifth round or the late fourth round and see what happens, okay, but second-round picks on winning organizations start in this league. Yep. They don't become hybrids that play 20%, 30% of the snaps. And the bottom line is that from what we were reading and what my cousin and me were talking about was not only did we have Emmanuel Forbes, our first-round pick, playing slot, but we had Quan Martin coming in and playing slot. Yeah. And, and Juice. And Juice. And St. Juice. And yeah. St. Juice. So, I mean, my thing is is that how many guys are you – is this just a tryout to who's going to be the slot guy? I mean, what are we doing here? Hmm. I mean, my thing is is that Emmanuel Forbes should be opposite St. Juiced. That should be what it is. There's no debate up for that. Kendall Fuller, there's been some back and forth on if he plays good out wide or in the slot. But traditionally, historically, we've always known him to really be at his best when he's in the slot. Right. Now, does that mean he can't play outside? No, I'm not saying he can't play outside. I'm saying that traditionally with us, he has done his best and has flashed more as a slot guy. Okay, St. Juice, when he was healthy, flashed and played best when he was on the outside. So it should go to form that that is how this should be. St. Juice, if healthy, is outside. Kendall Fuller gets kicked inside. And then your prized 16th overall pick plays outside as well. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's what got us going to where we were going to do the pod today because we were sitting there talking about it. And the more that we talked about it, kind of the matter we got. Right. Because this isn't just something to bitch about. No. This isn't just something that's out of the air and we're plucking it out because nope. there's nothing going on in the news cycle. Nope. This is about team building and roster building. Roster construction. Roster construction. If you want to build a roster that is going to compete – Now, granted, you know, we we, we passed up on some second-round offensive linemen who could help to take Quan Martin. To take Quan Martin. And we said Quan Martin, everything we've read, hell of an athlete, Mm -hmm. hell of a a position flex type of guy. But, again, is he even going to be playing 50% of the snaps? And if he does, then you're talking about Percy Butler's been bumped. Yep. Fourth-round pick. Fourth-round pick pick that he's been bumped because he's either going to play mostly at at, uh, Buffalo Nickel or safety – Or now, sometimes, sometimes in the slot. Okay, sometimes in the slot. If you got him in the slot, just to say, you got Quan Martin in the slot, you got Juice on the outside, then you got Kendall Fuller, and you got Forbes. So not everybody can play the
1: outside. There's only two outside positions, okay? I'm going to make a point here, and this right here, the point that I'm about to make, I'm going to give you an example of how behind we are with making good front office and draft pick moves. I'm going to give you a perfect example. I'm going to play this out for you right now. One of the top, if not the top center in the draft this year, was a guy by the name of John Michael Schmitz. Yes. He was no worse than the second best center in the league. Yep. He was available yep. in, the, in the late 50s, Yep, which I believe is the second round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, ten, so, I think he, I think he went like 10 picks after we picked he did. Mark. Yeah. Yeah, he went 57. So yep. I'm going to I'm going to put this I'm going to pl- I'm going to play this for you very easily. A center that by the way has already been plugged in as the starter for the New York Giants. If you go to espn.com and go to the Giants roster, you will see the 57th pick in the draft already plugged in as a starter at center. Yep. To put this in perspective for you. As of right now, if you go to Washington's depth chart, <laughs> We don't have one player that we drafted already slotted in as a starter. Because Forbes has not been slotted in as a starter yet. Right. So again, I'm not saying that's not gonna change. I'm not saying that's a B O and all. I'm trying to make a point. And here is my point. The New York Giants, who not only made the playoffs last year, but won a playoff game, drafted a guy in the late second round that is already a plug and play starter. Yep. We drafted a guy 16th overall and 47th overall, and we don't even know what we're going to do with them yet. (laughs) If that does not sum up the frustration and the annoyance that we are spewing right now, that is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that a good organization can draft a guy 57, and he's a plug-and-play, we can draft a guy 16 and then draft a guy 47, and we're still trying to figure out where we're going to do with them. Yeah. Do you see my point? Yeah, definitely. And, and that's,
0: what, that's where I said where you have the, the roster construction and roster building, that Ron Rivera and, and that extension with, with the Martys
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, is not getting the job done. Like I said, you definitely need corners. We we were lacking yes. in corners like season. Thin. Pay yeah. for thin. And and that didn't help because um juice was hurt, yeah, ankle. You know, with the ankle and you know and we just didn't have the the depth that we needed. So you want to go ahead and address it, that's fine. I would have felt better if you're going to do that to draft a straight corner. Like you said, get uh Eli Ricks or get yeah. um who's the guy that um Philadelphia jumped back up into the Ringo, Keely Ringo, jumped back up into the fourth round. They traded a third rounder next year, yep. and spent a fourth round pick on Keely Ringo, who right. had a
1: second round, high second round grade. Who had
0: me. a high second round grade. I would have rather drafted him mm-hmm. instead of a hybrid type of guy. And and afterwards, when everybody was talking about, wow, you just drafted another say, oh, wow, well, he can play slot corner as well. Yeah. And now everything I'm hearing, because like I said, just do the numbers. Yeah. Just add it up. You got Juice, you got Forbes, you got Fuller right now, yeah. And I don't think they're going to let Fuller go. No. So that's your basically your top three. Mm-hmm. So basically, Quan Martin is either going to be your Buffalo nickel, mm-hmm. or he's going to be your fourth
1: corner. Yeah. One of the two. One of the two.
0: Uh, so again, this may seem kind of out of left field that we're going off on this tangent when new information comes up, we have to address it, you know. And when we're reading these things about what they're, oh, we're going to try him. In the, in the slot corner, it's just ridiculous. Like I said, we love John Michael Schmitz. We thought he would be great, uh, and he could come in as a plug-and-play just like he's doing for the Giants. So at 47, we could have took him... And, and it's so funny how the Giants took him. Yeah. They let Nick Gates go. Yeah. We sign him. And
1: now he's our starter.
0: He's our starter. And they get the young rookie yep. who's probably going to be a Pro Bowl player. Yep. If not, he's going to be a plug-and-play, 10, 15-year starter that is just one of those work-pail type of guys that goes about his business every day and is one of the, one of the, the better
1: centers in the league. And for the record, their first-round pick was a corner, Deontay Banks, who I'm pretty sure the Giants are not testing in slot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he'll be playing wide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure he'll be playing wide. And, the, and then the points that my cousin and myself are making here is that, and again, you can take it back a previous year, drafting Fedarian Mathis. And my cousin made a good point. He's been saying it all year long. It seemed like well, we drafted him a year too early. What he meant by that was we drafted Fedarian Mathis with the assumption that Deron Payne wouldn't be back. Right. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Deron Payne is back. Yeah. So now – you have the issue, me and my cousin were just talking about it, where you have two starting DTs that are on the roster for the next three or four years as your starter, yep. and you now have a rotational—and by the way, I am a huge fan of having rotational defensive linemen. Yeah. I am not a fan <laughs> of having a second-round pick as a rotational defensive tackle no. because that is a waste of an asset. Yep. Again, good teams— draft in the second round, and the players that come out of those second round are normally starters, sometimes really, really good top-tier players. Yeah. We draft a guy in the second round, and like my cousin said earlier today, before we got on the pod, he's probably going to play 30% of the snaps unless somebody gets hurt. Again, I like Federer and Mathis and what he brings to the table, but I don't like him in the second round when you've already got two starting DTs. Right. And now... (laughs) You've done kind of done the same thing with Quan Martin. Again, you're all about this, he could play safety. Maybe he could be Buffalo Nickel. Maybe he could play slot. Well, we don't know where he's going. So, again, how much is this second-round pick? And notice how I keep saying second-round pick. It's not the player that me and my cousin have a problem with. It's where they were what? Drafted. Thank you. Because the bottom line is that when you are getting position flex, when you are getting depth, You should not be looking in the second round for that type of player. In the second round, you should be looking for starters. Guys that can come in, they have a specific position, a la John Michael Schmitz. Yep. He is not coming in to be a left guard. Mm -hmm. He is not coming in to be a swing tackle. Mm -hmm. He is a pure, unadulterated (laughs) center. Yep. He's not coming in to be the water boy or a wide receiver or the general manager. I'm being facetious here. He's coming in to be the starting center for the New York Giants, just like Emmanuel Forbes should be coming in to be an outside corner, not a slot corner, not something else, just like Quan Martin. Quan Martin should be coming in to be what I would like to see Considering where we drafted him, if we're being honest with each other, yeah. and we're forgetting about who else is on the roster, Quan Martin should have been brought in to either be a starting safety yeah. or a slot corner. Well, one. one or the other. Well, here I'm going to scare you. Scare I'm going to scare you.
0: Scare me. Mathis drafted a year too early, right? Right. Because of Deron Payne. Yeah. Who's up for a contract next year?
1: Uh, oh, Cam, Cam Curl.
0: Cam Curl. Huh? So uh, you think maybe that Cam curls? Playing hardball, his age is yeah. playing hardball. And again, Ron Rivera's MO. Yeah. Draft him a year early. Yeah. So where they have somebody to fill the spot if they leave. Now, knowing Ron Rivera, if there's any choice to it, he'll re sign Cam Curl. Now, what happens to Quad Martin? Now, <laughs> now, he's a 30 to 40% player where man, he plays 30 40% of snaps. Man, we're going to have a lot of second round picks with some <laughs> playing time, man. Well, the good thing that we have going is that. Regardless, most likely, from what we 've seen from this, no matter how good the team is, yeah. no matter how good Sam Howell is, yeah. the offensive line is not good enough no, nope. we are going to be gutting the front office yes. and the coaching staff next yeah. year, yes, so that will be we will actually have adults come in, they will be able to revamp the team as they need to and and go from there
1: so that's one thing that we have to look forward to, and not only that <coughs> and we and we're sitting here talking about. The players that we've drafted and where we're taking them and position flex and opposition flex and hybrids and we're going through a lot of stuff we're throwing a lot of stuff at y'all but the point that we're trying to make is that these players we like these players yeah yeah if, players, you, if you yes. do your look if you look up Quad Martin and you watch his highlights and you watch some stuff on him good player man good yeah. player yeah um, but again it's where we take him and, and to piggyback off that real quick the Stromberg pick yeah, you I know, something, get into that. Yeah, yeah, something came out on Ricky Stromberg that there was something reported that they, they view him as a developmental center. Yeah. And then a guy paid tweeted out and I read the article on it, and it was very interesting about how it annoyed him, and I kind of had to agree with the annoyance of this, is that you drafted a guy in the third round to be a developmental center. Traditionally you don't draft offensive linemen in the third round to be developmental. Work. When you are drafting somebody in the third round that's developmental, that's normally a quarterback. Yeah. Maybe you draft a maybe you draft a pass rush specialist that develops into a more elite pass rusher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but why are you taking why are you drafting the guy with the idea that this is going to be a developmental guy in the third round? Yeah. It's it's because they, they, Ron Rivera does not know what he's
0: doing. He's out of his depth. For roster construction, yes, and like I said, if you wanted to center that bad, if you really liked Ricky Stromberg, should have loved John Michael Schmidt. Should have loved. He loved was John he Michael. was sitting, sitting there, right there. There was so many drafts that I was afraid he wouldn't fall to us. So many mocks that showed him going late first, yep. early second, no chance in hell. He makes it to forty-seven. La. La! there he is. He's sitting there at 47. A pure center. A pure center. Bring this guy in, and you have your plug and play. Or, hell, if you want to give Gates an opportunity, give him opportunity. But he's not beating out this kid. He's not beating you know? out this kid. But this then this you kid sit, is a beast. Yeah, and then you sit there and you draft You know, Ricky Stromberg. We applauded it. Yep. Finally, we went offensive line yep. in the third round. Braden Daniels in the fourth round. Yep. Developmental guys. Both of them.
1: And not just developmental guys, but position... Position flex. Which, again, not to be the dead horse. When you play two positions, you don't play one. Exactly. And again, position flex. So, is uh, to me, there are two ways you can look at position flex. You can look at it either the glass half full the glass half empty. The glass half full is saying, wow, you can play multiple positions. That's invaluable. The glass half empty is you're not good enough to play one specific position. Right. And that's what my concern is is that... You're using mid-round picks, which mm. mid-round picks in this league contribute. I hate to tell you this. Yeah. Look back on third and fourth round picks over the draft, over the course of history. You will find a plethora littered. You will find Pro Bowl and Hall of Famers oh, yeah. that yeah, get picked the in the third and fourth round. Yeah. Why are we taking guys that are position flex? That may do well at one position But maybe they do better at another Or maybe they're just not good enough to play one position So they float around to a few We don't need a bunch of Jags We don't need a bunch of Joes When I say Jags, I mean just another guy In other words, we need to raise our ceiling We've done a good job of raising the floor, but guess what, man? If you have a high floor but a low ceiling, that's going to get you seven, eight wins every time. That's it. It goes back to the situation with the Wizards where they're just playing to be medium. Yep. You need to raise the ceiling. You can't just draft to bring in good, solid guys. You need those solid guys, but every good team has elite guys. Yep. You can't just have a bunch of Joes, man. Yep. I mean, come on with that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 something. Like I
0: said, we'll be we'll be talking about this more, I'm sure, <clears throat> once the mandatories come, once training camp comes, we'll be talking about it. We just wanted to get on here because we were having that conversation about it, and it kind of some of the things that were coming out kind of caught us wrong, uh, and then you know everybody has their own opinion. We right? all have our own um, opinion.
1: Anything can happen here. And again, this is just stuff that we're pointing out. For all we know, Emmanuel Forbes could end up playing. The the, the 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 wide corner the entire season, Quan Martin might get a spot where he's playing a lot, and all this is is for nothing. We don't know. This is just some early uh, reaction to the stuff that's been coming out of Ashburn as far as where guys are at right Right. now, as far as where they're playing at. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out when we get into the mandatories, we get to the training camp. It'll just be interesting to see how it works out. But uh, it should be fun
0: either way. And one thing uh, I wanted to bring up, though, I didn't get a reason why uh, Kazmir Allen wasn't there, Uh, who's that uh, UCLA undrafted... Yeah. Rookie that was uh, a speedster, yeah. kick, returner, kick returner, wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know why he wasn't at the um, at this OTAs at least today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't look into that, and like I said we weren't sure we were doing a pod yeah. uh, until I came over. So um, that's another thing to keep track of. He is one of my dark horses. That I said yes. that's probably going to make the team. Very uh, very interesting skill set. Yeah, very definitely, and something that we need. We kind of lack that. And oh, one thing I did read too as well. They also had. Uh, different people uh, lining up taking, um, taking direct snaps. They had Terry McLaurin, okay. Jahan Dotson, uh, and Gibson nice. taking snaps in, in the direct throw snap little, formation.
1: Throw a little Eric into the mix. Yeah, Eric Biennium is doing some stuff, man. Yeah. So I do like that. It looks yeah. like
0: he's putting his stamp on it, yeah. uh, and I think that's going to pay dividends. And I think that'll help Sam Howell out. Yeah,
1: most definitely. I agree with you on that. Absolutely. All right. Yep. So
0: we uh, so we we talked wizards to open up the show, which yeah. we've never done before. Never done before. The first time we started with something else other than Washington football, uh, and then we got into the, the Commanders talk. Um, oh, I, I do want to issue one more thing. Yeah. Uh, yep. It says that uh, Brian Davis has has uh, withdrawn
1: his <laughs> his
0: lawsuit uh, with with his fictitious money or whatever the whatever Big the surprise. hell. it's he, Yeah. Uh, Whatever they're, they're reporting, the possible fictitious money. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I did hear that he withdrew that today with the right to refile down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that part of it's out. Now it's just a matter of uh, tweaking, the, tweaking the numbers to, to please the, the overseers of the yeah. NFL yep. uh, and then get it done. Right now, nothing's going to happen. There's no reason to get alarmed nope. that the own, new owner isn't in there yet. This season is as it is right now. It's going to play this season. So I think, like they said, you know, at first I heard about it. You know, they were talking in March that it could end up being before the season. Yeah. And it looks like those guys were prophetic in that, the ones that had reported that. Um, I think even front office sports might have said that. Um, Mm -hmm. That, you know, but, again, no reason to worry about that. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of the NFL agreeing and and uh, Harris Group agreeing <clears throat> to what this is going to be because Ursay says they don't want to start changing rules, nope. but you're going to have to. The same rules yeah. can't be used from 1980 to 2023.
1: Nah, you you just can't have it. The inflation, the money now, the oh, cost it's... to buy teams now. Yeah,
0: I mean hell, you just take a look from no. when he when Snyder bought him in '99. It yeah. was what 880 million yeah, or something 800,
1: like 800, it was a little over 800 million.
0: Eight hundred yeah. over 800 million. And his, his reign of terror, and they're up to $6.05 yep. billion.
1: Enough, said.
0: Enough said. Enough said. So, so yeah, you got to revamp the rules and how they do things, what, they're, what debt they're allowed to take the on. Debt ceiling ratio. That, yeah, on. That, yeah, that's what it is. There's a, a billion dollars unsecured debt yeah. that the owners and the finance committee are freaking out about. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude, if it was somebody else that I didn't know anything about, I, I would be worried. This dude has two other franchises he's the head of. Yep. So I don't think you really have to worry about this money, this $1 billion. But I'm sure they might maybe cut it in half, yeah. take some more money in, get some more cash raised, oh, yeah. uh, and then they'll be able to go ahead and throw a little bit more dollars in there. And then the NFL will go ahead and ratify it. So if you're listening to it and you're starting to be like, when is it going to happen, when is it going to happen? I was that dude for a long time. Now I'm just like, just chill. Snyder isn't even involved in anything. He's over in London or if he's flying over in France on his boat. He's not having anything to do with us. He's already signed the agreement. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He just wants to be done with it. And we want to be done with him. So
1: it is what it is. It's done. Like I said, nothing was going to happen with the front office anyway, even if, even if. During the annual meetings late May, it got ratified. The, no changes were going to be made no. this far into the offseason. No. So whether it gets done now or July 1st or the start of training camp or the start of preseason, it wouldn't have changed the front office or the coaching staff this year. Right. So it will get done. It will be very celebratory. It's just a matter of
0: time. Yeah, and if you're listening, if you know anybody that is talking about a parade, we're down.
1: Damn!
0: I'll be you know I'll be in Arizona at that time. Hell with it! I will fly out and, yeah. and go to a parade celebrating Dan Snyder's finally right. being out of the D.C. area yes. uh, and and getting a new lease on life for our beloved franchise.
1: Yes, love it, love it. <clears throat>
0: All right, so we appreciate y'all listening yeah. again. You know, like, subscribe on YouTube. We'll have this up uh later on tonight, so this will be up on YouTube on the um the 1st of June. Um, like I said, like, subscribe, tell everybody about it if you like it, leave some comments, uh, good, bad, indifferent, uh, and then go from there. Also, on uh, Spotify, it's on there, a couple other platforms to take a look for it. Uh, but if you want, like I said, we appreciate it getting the word out, and uh, everybody listening, we thank you, appreciate it. Holla.